Integrated Science of the Absolute Preliminaries, Chapter 30, The Plan of this Work, Continuation. Philosophy or science is inevitably obliged to take its stand on a series of possible positions or grounds which can be imagined in practical life to range between the fully realistic and the ultimately idealistic. The total knowledge situation has its own global world of discourse, having a structural ambivalence or polarity between what is merely physical and what is metaphysical when the mind or the spirit places itself in a more idealistic position. Although there are these two antinomian poles tending to make the subject dichotomously divided into two halves, we have to use our imagination here so that we can bring into dynamic interplay the ambivalent factors involved in the overall principle of compensation which holds good along the whole vertical amplitude within the limits of which all thought or speculation must necessarily oscillate. We have to concede this in the name of the structure of the dynamism which we have explained already. To visualize the same more clearly, let us think of a perfect crystalline quartz, of a regular symmetrical shape, not necessarily chromatically colored, but merely smoky at its bottom half and clear at its top half. The smoky and the clear halves are to be imagined as mixing in imperceptible gradations from both the extremities of the crystalline axis passing through its solid center. We should then imagine this crystal as moving from the bottom to the top in an overall knowledge situation and when it is at the bottom of such an imaginary scale, the whole crystal is pervaded by smokiness, with the bottom pole doubly so, making it splendid, as it were, by its absolute darkness. When raised slowly through intermediate gradations, one should imagine the step-by-step -step encroachment of the clarity or full brightness at the opposite pole, reducing thereby the full negative blackness at the bottom pole as it rises to the zero point of origin at the center between the two extremes. Here smokiness and non-smokiness cancel each other out into a neutral intermediate tint or shade. We can supply the remainder of how the principle of compensation works if this crystal is further raised to the top. Physics and metaphysics interlace each other intimately in a similar compensatory bipolar fashion, giving us the possibility of any number of intermediate positions where one or the other of the factors involved is dominant or recessive. When both are balanced, we get a normalized neutral position where physics and metaphysics embrace each other in full equality of status. This is to function as the normalizing reference for all others whether on the plus or minus side of the axis. Such a detailed structural analogy must necessarily be kept in mind because of the principle of reciprocal compensation involved in unitively treating points of view possible in the context of the absolute. Without falling into the error of treating physics or metaphysics disjunctly, which, if adopted, will altogether spoil the game of normalized scientific speculation 
The experimental world is dependent on description, that is, on the world of discourse, while metaphysics is dependent on the non-experimental, where inner experience takes over from what the hands of the experimenters have laid bare. Eddington makes this interesting point between what he calls theory and observation quotation. A distinction is commonly made between observational and theoretical knowledge, but in practice the terms are used so loosely as to deprive the classification of all real significance. The whole development of physical science has been a process of combining theory and observation, and in general every item of physical knowledge or at least every item to which attention is ordinarily directed has a partly observational and partly theoretical basis." End of quote. The perceptual and the conceptual, when normalized in the light of the schematismos of Kant, adhere to each other without any cleavage of duality between them. The colorful chromatic world which we might want to relate with this basic achromatic structure will have shades or tints corresponding to dark or light, saturated or thin, with bright or dim lines belonging to any number of grades of the colors of the spectrum, according to the same compensatory principle as this structure occupies various levels in the vertical axis. The ten points of view that have been strung together into a garland by Narayana Guru belong each to a methodological, epistemological and axiological position of its own. This is intended by him when all the ten such positions have been dealt with in symmetrical order. The garland as a whole is meant to cover the whole range of possible positions. In each, the central normative model is fully respected, giving it scientific clarity and position. Each vision proves itself by conforming to an overall structural scheme. The more one analytically or synthetically scrutinizes the series of verses, the more one discovers how there is a self-consistency and correctness in the various technical terms used by the correct Vedantins who have been his forerunners in formulating perhaps in a more discursive way the same science. Here it might be opportune to point out that Shankara, whose name towers over all others and who stood for pure Vedanta, was himself conscious of these same structural requirements. This is revealed in his commentary on the Brahma Sutras, where we find the following striking sentence, quotation, and that all the Vedanta texts advocate the same view as to an intelligent cause of the world, greatly strengthens their claim to be considered a means of right knowledge, just as the corresponding claims of the senses are strengthened by their giving us information of a uniform character regarding color and the like. The reference to color as having a uniform character cannot be understood except in the light of the same structuralism that we stand for. Whitehead has this interesting remark to make about its character. Quotation, a color is eternal. It haunts time like a spirit. It comes and it goes. But where it comes, it is the same color. It neither survives nor does it live. 
it appears when it is wanted. End of quote. The Vedanta texts agree in giving us uniform speculative directions or rules for speculation, descending as it were from the pole above, where perceptual factors, when understood in uniform and universally revised schematic terms, meet the descending dialectics by ascending as it were from the world of ontological realities. The a priori evidence of the word thus meets its own counterpart originating from the a posteriori. Both fuse and give a central neutral absolute certitude. 